This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This is Michelle Byrne. Welcome to Cattletude. This is a really exciting show. So for those of you that have listened for a long time, and I'm so happy that so many of you do have, have listened for a long time and continue to listen. I so appreciate it. I've talked about a Sphinx cat. I think they're adorable. I want one. And so this guest reached out and said, I am a small breeder. I have one for you. And I thought, oh my gosh. I'm thrilled and freaking out and scared off my, you know what, wow, because um, I've heard different things. And then I was communicating back and forth, Christina, found out that not everything I thought was true. So this is going to be a great show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Christina Keen. She is a small breeder of Sphinx cats. Welcome, Christina. Hi, how are you? I'm great. You know, we're recording this for everybody that's listening around mid-December. We'll probably, the show probably air about maybe early January. And I'm so ready for time, like relaxed time, you know? How about you? Absolutely. It's lovely. So before we get into the show... A lot of you are like, you know, they, you hear it in my mouth all the time, adopt, don't shop, adopt, don't shop. Okay, first, in my defense, Christina, one is, is offering a Sphinx cat to me, so I'm not shopping technically. Secondly, Sphinx cats are really hard to find, almost impossible as far as in shelters. Mostly what you see in shelters are, you know, the brindle cats and the tom cats, house cats, that kind of thing. Nothing wrong with that. I have a few of those. I just really like Sphinx cats. So, Christina, welcome. Let's talk about because there's so many myths besides Sphinx cats. So for everyone listening, they're the cats without fur. They're bald. For the most part. Some of them do have a bit of fur on their tails. And I seem to, I, I tend to see that more so on female Sphinx and more so also on the lighter colors. Um, my male, I do own a stud cat and he is completely hairless and he um, tends to only put out completely hairless cats. But all of my females I've ever had have had a little bit of fur on their ears and a little bit on their on their paws and their tails as well. But they're always soft to the touch. They're not... When I first mentioned to my father that I really wanted a sphinx, he was freaked out. He's like, oh, is it like petting a human? That's got to be really weird. It's not. It's like petting 
if you put a peach in the microwave for 30 seconds and then you petted that, that's what they feel like. Even <laughs> soft. You put a what in the microwave? A peach. Like they have peach oh, peach. Okay. Yeah. So they're very soft to the touch. I mean, they're, they're really very pleasant to pet, actually, believe it or not. So why did you first want a Sphinx cat? So I always adopted from shelters. I mean, I've probably had about 20 different rescues, and I always adopted the ones that were next in line to be euthanized. But I got married about seven years ago, and my husband is horribly allergic to cats, and he has pretty severe asthma. So it was either no cats or a hairless cat. And um, I actually fell in love with Sphinx when I went to go. I actually um, went on behalf of my friend to go pick up an oriental short hair cat for her when she was away from a breeder. And they had Sphinx cats there. And I was signing the paperwork and the Sphinx cat kept jumping on the coffee table, grabbing the pen from me. I mean, they were so playful. And he's wearing a little denim jacket. It was just like the cutest thing in the world. And I just, I felt absolutely fell in love with them. I had never really even thought about the breed at all. I didn't really have an opinion on them. It was not something I'd ever even considered owning, but I just absolutely fell mad in love with their energy and their playfulness and their their friendliness. They're just so, so friendly. And I had a toddler at the time and um, he had been scratched pretty badly by one of my rescue cats. As you know, toddlers tend to be, they don't really understand how to be, um, you know, really like careful and like, like treat animals really gently and stuff like that. And he had been scratched before, which was scary. And then I call him one time picking up my Sphinx cat once I had adopted my first by his tail. And this is my, uh, my male Harry. And he didn't even growl or hiss or anything. So their personality, I mean, they're just as friendly as they can be. And they're actually known to be the top rated therapy cat. Okay. I think they're adorable and they're so unique. And I have allergies too, but not nearly as bad as your husband. But I have three cats indoors. And if, if I added another, I would be it would not be pretty. So right. I can totally appreciate that. Are you familiar with the history and the, you know, the background of Sings cats? A bit. They were, I know they were um, developed, the breed was developed in, um, in Canada in what, the, like the 19, I'm going to say like the fifties or sixties, somewhere around then. I think that, uh, yeah. yeah. And I think it was an anomaly, one that was born, just born hairless. And then they, yep, exactly. And then they started breeding them to Devon Rex, which is actually the reason why some of them do have a bit of fur. How interesting. I've done a couple shows of um, on Catitude over the years about Sphinx cats. One in particular, I remember because it was um, a young girl on Instagram and she was, you know, had the, some of the nastiest comments from people commenting about her cats. Sphinx cats, you know, hairless cats are not some, the norm and not everybody appreciates the Sphinx for what the Sphinx is. So what is your response to that? So I started on YouTube about a year and a half ago when I started breeding. And it was tough for me at first reading the comments. Some people just had the nastiest things to say. But I get so much more love for my cats than I do nasty comments. And people will, you know, someone will leave a nasty comment and then 10 people will comment back to them saying like things back to them, like, you know, defending the Sphinx. So it's okay. I know my cats are beautiful. They're amazing. They're such a friendly breed. I actually had a um, a lady come over this past summer to film a documentary on them about how their Sphinx are the top rated therapy pet and how they're the best with kids. I really just don't really take offense to it anymore because I know everything that they have to offer and those people are missing out, you know? 
Yep. And, you know, I would say a word that should be bleeped, but let's put it this way. Ignorant I was about to say one too, but <laughs> people will be ignorant people. You know, there's yeah. all different types in this world, whether it's, you know, cats, humans, shoes, whatever it is, there's all different types. If it's not your, you know, it doesn't float your boat, go another way. Yep, exactly. Until you meet one. I mean, once people meet them, usually they're, they're usually like, wow, I had no idea. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about their personality because, well, here's what I've heard. And you said that some of these are myths and we're we'll talk about a little bit more about that in the second half. But I've heard that they, I've heard that they're high maintenance, but you told me they're not that high maintenance, yep. which is good. I do know that they're a little needy. They like to be clingy and around and I have no problem with that. They get cold, so they like to wear clothes. Or blankets. Is that, or blankets, right? Or blankets, yep. Or if you're in South Florida, you don't have to worry about that too much. Exactly. Yeah. I don't even keep my AC on that high. I do know that they're talkative. You know, they're meowing. They want to get- oh, I would in. say that's mostly true for the males. I would say that, at least in my experience, the males tend to be very vocal. The females, my one female, Jada, she has the most adorable meow. Everyone is, is absolutely obsessed with it. She meows a bit. Uh, is really when you say her name, though, that's when she meows. But my male, he'll go upstairs and he's actually toilet trained. So he does not use, when I toilet train them, I always give them the option of using a litter box as well. I never force it on them. But he only likes to pee in a toilet, which is great for me because it's the males that have the urine that stinks more, you know. But if someone leaves a toilet lid down, you will hear him from a mile away just meowing at the top of his lungs, waiting for someone to open the toilet. But the females, I don't see them as being as needy as the males. And um, they're a bit more independent. I, for one, I, you know, I, I tend to prefer male cats. I just love their the energy that they have and, and all of that. But the, the males definitely require a little bit more attention and so on. But when you open your door, when you come home in the evening or whenever you arrive home, you will always find, especially your male cat, waiting for you by the door to greet you like a dog. They're very dog-like. I had dogs before cats, and I've had cats. I was reading that you had German Shepherds first, right? Yep, German Shepherds. Uh, same as me. I, oh, I always had German I had, Shepherds growing up. Then, then I had two rescues. The The last one, he passed uh, August 2020. Oh. Still sad to me. Um, I know. It's always hard. That's the hardest part about owning a pet is you know that they're not going to live forever. And then when it happens, you always wonder, was, is it worth it? You know, was it worth it that you had to go through that? Like, was it all, it, but it was worth it, you know? So right now I have two females. They're all with fur. So Dennis, who's a Maine Coon, and we had to recently shave him. And the other cats don't like him right now until he grows out his hair. I think oh my gosh. <laughs> should be gone. It's been over a month. I, I, you know, how you pet one, you pet the other, you put their smells on each other. Yep. And my one female, Molly, is Tuxedo. She's the major diva. I that love Tuxedo. Who's her sister from another litter and another mister. And okay. they don't get along. She his at her. Molly, you can't pick up. You can only pet. And- okay. My significant other dotes on her. So that's like his mistress. That's what I call it. And um, <laughs> and Charlotte is misunderstood. She, I tried every trick on with the litter box. Nothing seems to work. So she, it depends on her mood. And she could hiss at you and then you pet her and she's fine. So she's a little bit, you know, she was in the community. I see that in female cats. I, I, I've never seen that in a female sphinx. Female cats definitely tend to be much moodier and more growly and so on. 
male cats, but it's strange. Female sphinx, I don't know, maybe it's just a breed or maybe it's been my luck, but I've had about five different female sphinx and they've all been just the sweetest, friendliest, most snuggly cats in the world. And I've actually, I only had one sphinx ever who I retired as a breeder because I didn't want to breed this, this into the breed, but she was, you know, she would growl sometimes if she didn't want to be moved off of like her favorite spot or something like that or like she would growl for random reasons which is that's the only time i've ever had a sphinx that even growled ever but typically like the female sphinx are, are so loving when i bought my most recent queen which is a you know a breeding female i picked her up in uh in brooklyn and i took the train back to manhattan with her and she was purring but as soon as we got on the train she was she was purring immediately which is unheard like you know immediately she just yeah, that's on that's is it crazy maybe because there was a pigeon on the train also but <laughs> i don't know hey it's new york i mean <laughs> exactly yeah but she's the sweetest thing i mean she likes to snuggle almost too much their body temperature is higher than other cat breeds i think it's about 2 degrees higher than other breeds which is also the reason they do eat a bit more than other breeds but i don't see that they, they don't really tend to go through food so much more. I mean, they supposedly eat about two and a half times that of any other breed in order to, you know, because their metabolism is high in order to regulate their body temperature. I don't feel like I go through too much more cat food. And maybe that's because Sphinx cats are actually much smaller than they look. Um, my largest cat is at her biggest. She's nine pounds. Oh my that's gosh. At her, that's at her that's at her biggest. My male is about seven and a half pounds, and I've had a few females that were maybe just under six pounds. So they're, they're they look huge in photos because you see their muscles and everything, but they're really small cats. They're wow. very portable. For instance, I emailed you a photo of a um, cat on Santa's lap a little while ago, and that belongs to someone I adopted a uh, a kitten to um, back in August. His name is Al Pacino. She took him to go sit on to get a photo on Santa's lap. She takes him to work every day to her office. Every single day, he has a space in her office. Isn't I that great? I had no idea they were so small. They're very small, very, very small breed. We're going to take a quick bank and we're going to be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about Sphinx cats, and I'm talking with Christina Keen. She is a small breeder, and so we talked a lot about in the first half about Sphinx cats and some of their personalities, and I told you about mine. I have, like, divas. Mine are all big, like, 
I think Dennis might be the smallest, which is strange because he eats nonstop. He'll top you. If you are eating lettuce, he'll top you to give him some lettuce. It doesn't matter what the food is. I have to video this and put it on Instagram one of these days. He comes and taps you and he waits and then you give him, here I'm eating lettuce and he looks at you and it goes, no, forget it. Why did I bother? And he goes off. And then we have Charlotte and Molly. So Christina, I yeah. am like beyond thrilled about your offer for this thing's cad. I, I do have, if, if you would rather, like, I know you want a male. I do have two females available right now, unless you want to wait for the male. That's up to you. Well, here's my situation. I have three other cats. So Dennis was in my house first and then came Charlotte and Molly was a little tiny kitten because she was born on my doorstep. They were um, part community cats. And then I had two others that were the parents, but they've since passed on. So Molly was a little kitten. I had to make a special crate for her and put her in another room because Charlotte, her sister, would attack her. Aww. Now it's the opposite. <laughs> so karma. <laughs> right. That's my biggest concern is how do I bring a Sphinx cat into the household, a cat that doesn't have fur to protect it, you know, from any kind of cat attitude, you know, scratches. Well, I am actually glad I did want to actually speak about this, actually, um, the lack of fur to protect themselves. It, one of the things, I know we'll touch more on this later about the maintenance, but one thing that's really, really important to do is you must keep their nails clipped. My female cat, Jada, has a huge scar about maybe eight inches long on um, the side of her, on her left side from when she was a kitten. She was scratched and um, and then she developed cysts and she had to have surgery. So that's very important. But I've never seen a Sphinx cat not get along with other cats. I don't know that it would even necessarily be picked on. I think it's just so different. And if you have dogs, so you do have dogs, is that correct? Not anymore. They both oh, have. Not anymore. Oh, maybe you need Over another the dog. Years. One was recent and one was three years ago. Okay. Because um, Sphinx cats notoriously prefer dogs over cats. They tend to get along very well with dogs, but I would, I really wouldn't stress it too much. Um, I've, I've never, I mean, a lot of people that I've put uh, placed Sphinx kittens and homes with other cats that they were worried about the same thing and it's been a non-issue. Absolutely. Or you could just slow introductions, you know, keep the Sphinx like in your room with the door closed, let them smell each other and transfer their blankets between each other um, and so on. But I mean, I've, I've really never had any, you know, a concerning um, incident brought to my attention. But do you cut your cat's nails? I do. I actually believe it or not. So this is how easygoing Sphinx are. On my boy, I use an electric nail clipper that makes a loud buzzing sound. When I turn it on, he comes up to me and he puts his paws on my legs, on my knees. Oh, my gosh. It's a totally different type of breed. I mean, they are not cats, I swear. They're more dog-like than they are cat-like. I walk mine on leashes. They love to learn. They'll play fetch. It takes a few days to teach them how to play fetch to bring it back, the, you know, the toy back to you. My boy was toilet trained to use a human toilet in only 11 days. Oh, my gosh. And again, he does still have the option of using a litter box. He does not want to use a litter box. So, I mean, they love to learn. They're always watching you, always. And they want to learn how to do everything. I mean, they're great. Okay, let's go back to bathroom for a second. I, I think it was... I don't know what I was probably going through Instagram or, or YouTube or something. But do Sphinx cats ever accidentally poop on the wall? No. 
I've never heard of that. Okay. Maybe it's a litter, it's a litter box. So I leave the litter boxes maybe six inches away from the wall. The only reason I would say that would happen is if the litter box is up against the wall and it's not a large enough litter box. And they're probably strategically trying to poop in the farthest space away from the middle of the litter box so space for later. But if you keep that litter box clean, every time I see a poop, I scoop it out and that's it. So, I mean, they'll try and the only reason that would happen is if there's already poop in the middle of the box and they're trying to stay away from that because they're notoriously clean animals. All cats are. And if it's pushed all the way against the wall, but there are easy fixes for that. They make um, something called like a pea screen, which you put around the litter box, like a piece of um, flexible plastic. Or I use these uh, uh, DIY um, like storage cube panels. They're um, it's like a clear plastic panel. You can build them into a kitten pen or into a, a storage cube closet organizer, stuff like that. So I just put those around the litter boxes and I don't have a problem with that. Oh, that's um, yeah. What makes some of these things? Some look so wrinkly and then some are not wrinkly at all. So the really wrinkly ones are considered extremes. They go for a bit more money. And also, some people are misled when they go to buy a Sphinx kitten and they see photos of them where they're very heavily wrinkled and then they get them and they're they're much smoother. Those photos, a lot of readers like to photograph them when they're four weeks old, five weeks old, which I don't do. That's when they're much more heavily wrinkled and the wrinkles do smooth out. Now, I do have a cat, Jada, who will be the mother of the kitten that you will receive. She's considered an extreme, but she's not ridiculously heavily wrinkled. She's probably half extreme, probably one of her parents was. But your kitten will have a bit more wrinkles than the standard Sphinx. But that's basically the difference. So it's like the the extreme, which people pay top dollar for. But then it's the, you know, cleaning them probably becomes more complicated and so on. But, um, But even Jada, she doesn't have wrinkles that like, you know overlay where you have to get in, inside of them and stuff like that okay and for the record i was just curious what the wrinkles are i don't care wrinkles a lot of wrinkles it's yeah you know it'll wrinkle i think they're cute wrinkles are beautiful bald is beautiful wrinkles are beautiful you know let's celebrate that but i think there's a, some saying i'm sure some actress said that somewhere you know wrinkles are a sign of life yeah absolutely for everybody that's plastic yeah. out there Ugh. Anyway, I don't get that. So what are some other things? How hard is it? This is where the high maintenance comes in a lot. How hard is it to keep your sphinx clean? I have not bathed my cats. I can't tell you how long it's been. I bathe as needed. There have been times where it's, it was needed once a week, but it's not. Maybe it's because it's not, uh, you know, we're getting to the winter. And also my cats don't tend to produce a lot of oils. I honestly have not bathed my cats probably since August or September, other than if they're dirty in a certain area, but cats are notoriously clean. If they're dirty in a certain area, maybe I'll give them a wipe down. But there are times where I'll like, if it's like the, you know, the dead heat of the summer and they feel oily, I'll just bring them in the shower with me and they're fine. Like sometimes they'll even hop in the shower with me, but that's only when I'm not using my own soap yet. And I don't have shampoo and stuff because you have to use something that's cat safe. Cats livers do not work the same way other animals livers do. It would be very dangerous for you to use your, let's say Pantene Pro-V or something like that on a cat. So you have to be very careful about what you're using, but I only bathe as needed. And it's actually a new trend not to bathe, not to overbathe your cats. They don't need it. They clean themselves. But if it's one of them, you know, somehow got dirty, then, you know, they'll get a little wipe down in that area and that's it. Okay. Thank you. For and their ears. You, you do need to clean their ears, but that's very easy. I recommend the um, the cotton swabs that you can buy at your local pharmacy. You get a box of like 100 for $4. It's like a long wooden stick with a cotton swab on the end. Those are great because they don't bend. 
And you should also, I recommend asking your veterinarian how to do it properly because I was not aware initially how deep you're actually supposed to go in. Their ear canal goes straight down. So you go deeper than really you're comfortable with. That's important because they don't have fur in their ears that will keep stuff from falling in. But again, like sometimes it'll be weeks before I need to clean their ears. You can visibly see when their ears are dirty. And then sometimes it's like every three days they need them cleaned. It just depends. But the great thing about Sphinx is everything is visible on them. You can see when they're dirty. You can, you know, if God forbid, if, if you know, there's a tumor growing or something that you're concerned about, you can see everything, you know, everything is visible to you. So you can see when their ears are dirty. It's not a guessing game, which is great. As you said that, and I don't know why this question came out of someplace, but what about can you see when they're eating? What do you mean? Can you, I mean, they're not that, you know, they're not invisible, but if they were to eat a lot, like take a big mouthful and gulp it down, could you see it in their belly as they're... Oh, no, I, I've never noticed that. No. Okay. Maybe that, like with a little kitten. So when they're born, they're, t- I mean, you would be amazed. You should actually take a trip to New York to see like that when I have the next litter. They're smaller than mice when they're born. I mean, a large newborn kitten would be 70 grams. That's large. So they're teeny tiny. So once they're like their first few weeks of life after they eat, you know, or if they have like a lot of milk or so, you'll see their belly protruding, but that's it. There's nothing like, you know, you don't see anything like weird going on through that. But it's, it's nice that you can see changes in their body, you know, where you might not. My mother had a Maine Coon cat that, um, that sadly passed away with cancer last year totally unexpected he was i think only five years old he had a tumor and like you know i wonder if had he been a hairless cat it probably would have been noticed sooner maybe you know dennis is part main coon only part they have such long hair it's very easy for it to get matted uh-huh. and that's why he was shaved we were on vacation and just a couple of weeks and matted and I, I believe it. So that's where that's so I mentioned that Sphinx cats, everyone says they're high maintenance. I do not get that at all. They are such low maintenance. Do you know what it's like to be able to pick up a cat and hold them and snuggle with them? And you don't have to take out a lint roller and you don't have to vacuum up pet fur. There's no you have you don't find pet fur in your food. You don't have to pull it out of your teeth or whatever. You know, it's amazing that like, to me, that's low maintenance, you know. That's a plus, but there's a lot of other pluses that out outdo that one because I still have my other three with hair. And every time I go out, <laughs> yeah. no matter what, I'll look down. Why is there hair? I- <laughs> yeah, but then for you, you could you could get five Sphinx cats then, basically because it won't add any more fur. So it doesn't matter how many you have. My concern now, I'm still a little nervous. Well, first of all, with logistics, because we're across the country. I actually flew one out to um to Utah um, over the summer. I will not ship a cat by itself. I will fly, you know, with it. It's important. There, These cats, I mean, I, I have stayed in touch with every single person I've ever adopted a kitten out to, other than the one person that kind of did not pay for them. But every other person I am very close with still, I mean... These kittens are, it's, you know, knowing that they're in a good home is important to me. I'm not going to go blindly ship them to someone. I will gladly, you know, I can fly your your kitten out to you and then we can just meet at the airport or whatnot. We'll figure it out, everybody. Stay tuned because we'll see what happens. I'm still nervous because only because I know what my cat crew is like. Um, <laughs> what else, as we close, what else would you like to tell our listening audience um, if they have any 
thoughts or questions? What is the thing that you would, I'm sure people have lots of thoughts and questions. Hopefully we answered them in the show. What is the one thing you want people to know about Sphinx cats? That if you're not sure about getting a cat, these cats are not stereotypical cat-like. They're really friendly. You'll never hear one growling. They will want to snuggle. So if you're not okay with having a cat in your bed, maybe don't get a Sphinx. They love to snuggle with their humans. They love to greet you at the door. And they're really pleasant to be around. I mean, they're great. And Halloween, I mean, Halloween is like, you know, if you do get one, you know, start thinking about your costume because endless opportunities. I dress up as a chef every year and my boy Harry dresses up as a lobster and I carry him around in a lobster pot. So you can have a lot of fun with them. You know, they're great. They're not, in my opinion, they are low maintenance compared to other cats. And it's also always great if you can find a veterinarian that is um, familiar with the breed because they are, it's a quite rare breed. I was lucky enough, I just moved upstate uh, from Manhattan a few months ago, and I was lucky enough to find this fantastic veterinarian that happens to have a Sphinx cat already. So it's, it's always great if you if you can find a veterinarian that's familiar with the breed, because they are a bit different. Their body temperature is a bit higher, and um, when they get their vaccines, you'll see the lump that the vaccine produces, and a lot of vets that have never had a Sphinx there freak out, but vets that understand Sphinx, they know that the fur is not going to cover that up and so on. But that's it. And they're great with children. I, like I said before, we had someone come film a, uh, a podcast recently based on Sphinx cats and children and then how they're the top therapy pet and so on. So I highly recommend you're not going to have some scary incident with a Sphinx cat and a child. Uh, they're just really friendly. And the theory behind that is because breeders of Sphinx typically keep the kittens with them and with the mother until they're at least 14 weeks of age, different from other cats, which are like a lot of times they'll let them go at like six week, weeks of age. So it's important that they have, you know, that extra time with mom. Let me ask you something. You mentioned therapy cats, and we didn't really touch on that. And we're almost about out of time. But I think that must have to do with their amazingly, you know, friendly personality. Yep, that and they also love body heat. So they'll snuggle with anyone, you know, and that makes a big difference for a therapy cat. You know, they say a hug is, you know, worth a lot, but you know, and having contact. So I'm sure. And, and plus, you can dress them up in anything that makes someone happy. You know, I mean, I have mermaid outfits. I have every single type of uh, about 70 outfits. Contrary to most cats, they like to be dressed up. That's the yep. Normally, I don't like the idea of dressing up cats, but... But because normally, with if they have fur, then it's uncomfortable to them, you know, which I get it. But they don't have fur, so it's like, you know, us putting on clothes. They don't do the funny walk. I've had a few Sphinx where I don't dress them up because they do that funny little walk or they, they look like little worms on the floor. But for the most part, I mean, they're happy to be dressed up. And I mean, I have costumes for every occasion for them. The ones, pictures I've seen and, and everything I've seen, and they just, yeah, you're like you said, they have the, the most amazing personality. So, yeah. uh, Christina, thank you so much for your offer. We're going to figure out how we can work this out. We'll do that off air. And thank you so much. Absolutely. And check us out on YouTube if you haven't already. Let's tell all the listeners what your YouTube, cha YouTube okay, it's, channel it's is. At, so our YouTube channel name is Arigato Cats, and it's at NYC Sphinx. It, that's S-P-H-Y-N-X at NYC Sphinx. Okay, check them out. And I thank you so much for coming on Catitude. Thank you so much. I hope all of you enjoyed the show. I will keep you updated on my Sphinx cat. A couple hurdles I have to go through, 
Everyone, stay tuned. Um, I will keep you updated on Michelle adopting a Sphinx cat. And um, until then, I will be with my cat crew, Dennis, Charlotte, and Molly, and try to talk to them that they're going to get another little brother. Hopefully that'll work out. Uh, Thanks um, again to Christina for coming on the show and for giving me a Sphinx cat. I'm in shock. What a great email that was. And of course, thanks to everybody listening to Catitude. I so appreciate you listening. Thank you. Thank you. And without uh, my producer, Mark Winter, working his magic, we would not have the excellent shows we have on Pet Life Radio. And he always tells me he barely has to edit mine. Yes, sure. But (laughs) he just does such a great job. So thank you, Mark, for all you do. And hey, remember, lose the attitude of Catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.